Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. 
It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today we continue Gore Girl Summer. Summer. We have a, an incredibly <laughs> exciting interview coming up for you today. But before we get to that, we must remind you that our brand new logo now not only adorns all of our podcast feeds and our social media accounts, it also adorns some t-shirts, which if you'd like to get one, you just go to gameofroses.co and you click on the link and you get to pick out your whatever color t-shirt you want and you get to get it in time for the airing of the next season of Bachelorette, the Windeckia season. So you can walk into your viewing party with a beautiful Game of Roses logo. Hey, Clues. Yeah? What's black and white and red all over? Newspaper? Our new t-shirts. They oh. come in black <laughs> and white and have a reddish pink logo. <laughs> okay. Not the newspaper. Idiot. Sorry. What even is that? <laughs> For real. Nobody reads those anymore. But go get those on GameOfRoses.co. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to our Patreon episode from yesterday, you might want to give it a listen. We did an intense digging deeper where we covered all of the most important Bachelor Nation podcasts that came out over the last two weeks. Many of them had just some fascinating escalations of the sauce wars. And so we really break down exactly what is going on there between Baylock High, Blake Horstman, Natasha Parker, uh, the advice he was giving out to prospective players at Stagecoach about how they shouldn't trust producers at Paradise and all these kinds of things and Natasha's rebuttal. So you're going to want to check that out if you haven't. But now we have one of the most incredible interviews I think Clues and I have ever done with the next member of Gore Girl Summer. It's an interview we've been wanting to do for a very long time and it's finally here and I'm so excited for you all to hear it. This is... Welcome to the pit. Today, a dream comes true for us down here in the pit as we are joined by a living legend. Fimpro's recipient, faceplay pioneer, and eighth place finisher in the historic Bachelor season 20. That was, of course, Ben Higgins as the Bachelor. Please welcome to the pit, Olivia Caridi. Nice. You got it right. Yes. <laughs> we try. What, eighth place? Which part? Oh, my last name. Was I really eighth place? I felt like I made it farther, but I guess I didn't. You should have. I think you were farther in screen time. I probably was. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Well, hi. Thanks for having me. That, this is so exciting. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Speaking of stats, do you have any idea where you land on the all-time leaderboard of Instagram followers? Not very high, I'm sure. You have 190,000. 
Yeah. That puts you at number 119 on the all-time leaderboard, right between Whitney Franzway and cringe king Bennett Jordan. Big names. Wow. That is, yeah. uh, that's company. Yes. That is. Yeah, I'm pretty weak on the Instagram, so I would not be surprised that I'm low down there. Pretty weak. Hey, if you were a season 27, you'd be uh, in the top. I'd be a mill at least. <laughs> So we're going to get into everything that you did in game and everything that kind of surrounded it. I mean, we obviously all know the stories of how you were treated on the show and we want to get into all that. But before we do, we like to ask anybody who comes into the pit with us just some general background questions about, you know, why you went on The Bachelor in the first place. So let's start with what did you watch growing up? And you're from Dallas, right? I'm from Austin. Close. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm from Dallas. Austin. Oh, yeah. Well, I went to TCU. So I, I did work in Dallas a little bit. Oh, sorry. Nice. No. The horned frogs, right? Horned frogs. Yes, that's it. Um, what did I, I watched The Bachelor, actually. As a kid? Well, probably too early. I think I was watching with my mom. Like I watched Brad Womack. Um, to this day, my favorite Bachelor. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that oh, just because he's from Austin? I just thought he was great. I love that, like, he's just kind of removed himself from everything. I always said if he was, like, he's too old for me, but like, I would have dated him really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about his twin brother, Chad? I think he has a girlfriend, but I don't think he's married. Well, what's funny is that, like, when I was podcasting, um, I, he is like, I don't, I'm sure y'all have the person that you would love to interview, like your your top pick or whatever. Like he was mine. Yeah, we're talking to her. Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> You're really buttering me up, aren't you? Um, but yeah, he like ref- he won't do interviews at all. Like my mom actually worked for Delta and checked his like cousin's bags or something. And she was like, my daughter's a podcaster. She'd love to talk to Brad here's her phone number. And I never heard anything. He's just like, won't do it. He will not talk to anyone. So that's like Alex Michelle, the first bachelor. He has no social media presence. <laughs> he doesn't interact with the franchise in any way. They even make jokes about how they've tried to find him and he's been like unsuccessful <laughs> in these endeavors in the search. Like Kelsey Poe kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we watched the bachelor a ton and also we're obsessed with American Idol. That was like our two, shows for sure. So like reality competition shows then were your bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, we loved American Idol. Like um, we named one of our dogs. We have a black and white dog um, named Adam because our favorite performance was Adam Lambert, black and white. Um, And like my mom saw a tribute dog. I know. Like we were obsessed with American Idol. And then, yeah, like we Loved the show, but we watched it differently. Like we just, you know, someone looked dumb and I'd be like, ha, she's acting funny. But like it never went beyond like, but social media wasn't as big back then. Um, but yeah, I was a fan. I was. And I, I feel like a lot of people say, oh, I, I never watched it. We did. We did watch it. Yeah. I used to work with a woman who was the treasurer, I think for the official Clay Aiken fan oh. club called the Clay Train. <laughs> and she would literally only wear... Clay Aiken t-shirts every day to work, <laughs> literally every day. And like went around the country oh. following him when he was on tour, like Deadheads do the Grateful Dead and stuff. Chris Daughtry highlight, like I loved him. I was actually probably more of a American Idol fan than a Bachelor fan, but those were okay. my shows for sure. So I 
heard briefly when you were talking, I think, to Reality Steve about this, but you originally were thinking your sister was going to go on the show. <laughs> Is that right? No, my, my sister nominated me. Well, she sent in the video. So it was mm. like she was on oh, the screen like this, just talking about me saying like, you should pick my sister. So she was the one gotcha. that showed her face. But I was saying, I'm sh- my sister's like gorgeous. I'm sure they were thinking, ooh, like, can we get this girl on instead? She's, you know, amazing. So um, not that they wanted her. I'm sure they probably did. But she was the one that showed her face when I was like going through the process or whatever. So. And you said you were watching this show since you were a little kid. So whether mm-hmm. you overtly knew this or not, you were a student of the game. You understood the structure of it. Well, not well enough, I guess. <laughs> no, but I mean, you knew like what a first impression rose was, that there was going to be a night one and group dates and one-on-ones and fantasy suites. You knew the the basic structure of a season. Totally. So as you're going in, did you have like hero players? Were there other players that you watched that you were like, oh my God, she's amazing. Like uh, Courtney Robertson, maybe. You know, <sighs> Leading question. (laughs) Sustained. I I did listen to Courtney's episode and Courtney is, I think, like one of my closest friends in the franchise. To be honest, Mm -hmm. I didn't like watch her that much and think like she's my hero. As I said, I watched it differently back then. I was just like, this is entertaining. Ha ha. Turn it off. Right. I liked Tierra. I liked Tierra. I thought that story was interesting. Of course, I liked the Kelsey Poe story, but... I didn't like take anyone's story and say like, I'm going to emulate this or anything like that. Um, I didn't really know names as well. So did you recognize, um, I think it was Becca and Amber were the two all stars on their second tour on your season. Did you recognize them from the show when they came in? Oh, of course. Yeah, no, of course. Like I, I was really late in the game in terms of, um, getting in the casting hmm. process. So I was already reading articles saying it was going to be Ben. I was reading articles saying Becca Tilly might show up. So I was not surprised when she walked through the doors. I didn't know Amber was going to be on, um, but I did recognize Amber too from her season. So, so yeah. And what does that do to you specifically, but to the player pool generally, when you see mm-hmm. somebody like a Becca Tilly walk into your season, are you all just like, oh, <laughs> we're fucked. Like, there's, <laughs> we have no shot here. Or are you like, bring it, we're going to dominate her. I think what was funny was production, I feel like, thought they were going to get something different than they ended up getting mm-hmm. out of Becca Tilly coming through the door. Like, I think they thought it was going to be like that, where we were all like, oh, shit it's Becca Tilly, but we all got up and just like ran to her and hugged her like total super fans. We were like, so welcoming, um, to her. So I think that kind of backfired a little bit on them. Like I went up to her and was like, I am such a big fan of you. I think you're beautiful. Like right away. I mean, she's so easy to love. Like there's no way to go in like, Oh, Becca Tilly is here. (laughs) It's just impossible. (laughs) She's amazing. Right. So I think that backfired a little bit on them. (laughs) Uh, I know that your season is one of the first that even mentioned social media. Mm -hmm. I think it's Lace in 
maybe the night one episode, she talks about having stalked Ben Higgins on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what your relationship with social media was like at the time or what your first social media was? Well, I was on social media already because beforehand I was a news anchor. So I had to have like a Twitter for to post my news stories and an Instagram and all that. So I, not that I had a huge following, but because I was on TV already, I did have like a local following. Um, Mm -hmm. But back then they didn't, they didn't tell us to like deactivate anything. At least I didn't get that message. Um, So I didn't deactivate anything. Um, But I did have all the social medias back then for the most part. So. And did you, you were right kind of in the, the cluster, like those years where it really started to take off everything like post season 18, when they created paradise, people started blowing up from that. When you went into the show, were you aware that that was possible yet? Or was that still kind of like a a nascent thing happening only to the leads? Yeah, I really didn't think about that. And the one thing I'll say is like, I don't think anyone from my season was there for the wrong reasons or whatever, because I I remember like when Amanda and Lauren and Jojo hit a million, like we didn't think that that was possible. Um, So I think those were, that was kind of the end of like the glory days where we were, we were just like really into Ben and like did not ever catch someone being like, Ooh, I can't wait to grow my brand or whatever. That just didn't happen. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, season 21 was next and we all know who that was. (laughs) And he grew Have you ever had any dealings with him? You're just like, wow, your season's right before Nick (laughs) Vial. You know, players players of a similar era stick together. You might have run into him at a party or something or had some dealings with him. I did run into him at Ashley, I and Jared's wedding and I could have been a ghost. Like it just... (laughs) <laughs> he's not even there. Um, and that's oh okay. God. He's like VIP. I'm not. It's okay. Dismissed by the great one. I mean, that's a badge of honor. You gotta be top four to register. <laughs> yeah. isn't, that, isn't that something that happened or something where it was like, if you're not top four, you're nothing. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. But... I mean, he's implied oh. that very heavily multiple times on his podcast. Yeah. And I know there yeah. was one, I don't listen to his podcast, but there was one episode where I remember getting a ton of messages um, from people that were like, Nick Vile was so disrespectful towards you. I didn't even listen. I didn't know what he, I don't know, oh, but sure. I remember that happened. And then like, he reached out wanting to apologize, but I was like, it's not necessary because I don't even know what you said. And like, I don't really care. Um, so that was like the only time I've ever interacted with Nick was like a little text exchange, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was a ghost for the most part. Well, let's get into season 20, what we're here to talk about yeah. today. Right. Hey, is that an insult? Are you trying to insult me now because I couldn't help myself? I had to bring up McVeigh. Absolutely not. <laughs> Night yeah. one of Ben Higgins' season, you get what we call the Omega mm. limo exit, the mm. final limo exit. You are in a silver sparkly dress and you issue what we call a blandy, the type of limo exit, which is where you're just talking about dimples. There's not a prepared bit. Did you have a prepared thing that you decided not to do or was edited out? Oh, um, from the jump, they were like, they came in and they were like, you're going out last and you're just going to say hello. And I was like, Hmm. okay. So I did that. And I mean, I blacked out, like I, I got out of the limo and I banged my head so hard and Ben was laughing. 
you know, you have to do the five seconds where you get out and pause. So I'm just staring at Ben. And by then, like, I just totally blacked out. I'm like, what the hell am I even doing here? This is insane that I'm actually in this moment. So yeah, then Ben made a dimple joke that was, you could tell he was nervous too. Cause he was like, Oh, did you, are those dimples real? And I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> you're like, no, this is no, a the, very realistic I I said, looking like, mask. I, I painted them on or something like that. But no, I was, I was told like you're out last and it's going to be bland. And I was like, that's fine with me. That is okay. When did they tell you this? First of all, is it right as you guys are getting into the limos in the hotel room? Like as we were okay. um, like plan, cause you know, you plan for a couple days ahead, like mm-hmm. they come in and they gas you up and stuff. And I don't remember if it was the day of or the day before, but like, I distinctly remember a conversation where it was like, I'm last kind of thing. So they had big plans for you then. Cause the Omega limo exit is not usually given to just a random player that's usually somebody that producers are like looking to go pretty far the whole night was definitely the whole first night was very much so like a things are planned for her kind of thing overall did you feel when you get the first impression rose on night one did you feel like that was ben higgins giving it to you or did you think that like maybe the producers said to do this i do think that one was ben i do obviously we'll never know but I do. Yeah. I mean, it, I I wouldn't be surprised. You played what we call a sabbatical on night one, where you say you left your job for the show. You know, it's a nice little gesture. I and I did, I did. Um, no, but what was crazy the first night was like you get in there and everyone's freaking out. Like, when am I going to get time? And I'm doing the same thing. And then production comes to me and says, "Hey, we've blocked off an area for you and Ben. It's it's your time." And I was like. Oh, okay, great. So I go over to him. We talk for like what felt like 15 minutes, which is 11 Mm. minutes longer than what everyone else got. And I had heard that people were trying to interrupt and that they were basically like cock blocking saying like, no, not yet, not yet. The producers. Uh, Well, the girls, yeah, that the girls were like, can I go? And they were like, not yet, hang on. Um, Whoa. And so I definitely from the jump was, and, and our conversation was like, obviously it's heightened. Do you think him just saying you're pretty is like the romantic yeah. moment of the century when you're in that kind of situation. But I really did in that like naive place, think that, holy shit, this was like the best conversation I've ever had. Like, that's honestly how I felt. It was so stupid when you think about it, but in hindsight, <laughs> it was cool. We talk about from time to time that, that there are protected players in the game and that we believe they get special treatment and are like sequestered and put in certain rooms where they don't yeah. have to be around the drama or whatever. <laughs> I never really thought that it took place that soon. I mean, I know that they send in players at certain specific moments to be kind of like guided missiles to try and go do a steal or whatever, but I had no idea that they would also prohibit other players from trying yeah. to steal. No, I, and, and that honestly, like, that's why I always say from the jump, I was in trouble because already people were like, Oh, right. Why? Like insinuating that I was saying, no, you can't come. When I was like, I had no idea that was even happening. I didn't right. know any, what was going on at all. So from the God. jump, it was just, I was like, Oh, here we go. I'm in trouble. So you get the first impression, Rose, giant target on your back, and the producers are like, no, when she's talking to him, you get the fuck away from them. They're cock blocking. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So it, I just like, 
I mean, I didn't do everything perfectly, obviously, and I'm well aware of that. Yeah. Would you like some more feedback on your performance on the show? Uh, I have some notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please. I can already tell you my performance was less than stellar, but, um, but I definitely, there were a lot of things that were out of my control that I was like, I was just joking because you've gotten so much feedback. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open to feedback. Fine. (laughs) Um, the first week you are on the group date at a the love lab facility oh, yeah. at Azusa Pacific University for a <laughs> scientific test using an electrocardiogram <sighs> uh sensor and electroencephalogram EEG. They did not introduce it that way, or we all would have been like, what? It was just <laughs> It was like, okay, he's going to smell you and then you're going to put your heads together and see if there's chemistry. And we were all like, okay, great. <laughs> so, it would, That was a date. I, I, the whole time I was just like, what is going on here? How do you win this thing? You know, it was weird. I don't know. Well, you did win it. Yeah. You, get the, you get the group date rose. You get the group date win. And this is where your villain edit starts to take off. Mm-hmm. You perform a steal that we see on camera, which I feel like at this point, that's all intentional. And you love level one with Ben. Mm-hmm. You give me butterflies and you get those the first kisses as well during yeah. this week. Oh, Do you have any sense or at what point do you start to sense that maybe you are filling that villain role? Is it this early on? No, I definitely didn't think it then. No, I... I mean, I definitely think overall the girls started getting annoyed with me because I, you know, I got the first impression rose. Then I win the the date. Mm. Um, and it's one of those dates where it's like, how did how does she even win this? Like because she smells yeah. so it's like <laughs> yeah. it, it I can understand from their perspective how they would be frustrated with this girl that just like keeps getting these wins. At that point, I wasn't. I wasn't, I don't think acting villainous or like that I was, I felt I was filling that role, but behind the scenes, I definitely think that's when like maybe production might've been like, how annoying is it that Olivia, like, you know, winning this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it moved from there. To that end, do you think that group date Rose was a genuine Ben Higgins Rose or was that the producers now starting to build your villain edit? Uh, I still think that was a Ben. I, I okay. do because you, you do see some, like most times the person who wins the group date does get the rose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And once again, like that conversation that we had, I thought was really good. And, you know, I did get the kiss and all that stuff. So I'd like to think that was still him, but either way it was frustrating. Um, yeah. And a part of me, when he said my name, I was like, Shit. <laughs> you you could have rejected it. I w- thank you for this, but I am not accepting it. I'm going to give it to someone else. I'm going to give it to Becca Tilly. Believe it or not, the whole time I was thinking like, oh, I, re- I really don't want to piss people off here. And this is just starting to look like, you know, I'm, I'm walking away with this thing. And I and I wasn't liking that at all. I really didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, in week two, you get put on another group date. That is also a competition. This one's a play for time. It's an athletic endeavor. You guys go to Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. You meet Alex Morgan and Kelly Mm O'Hara, these two all-star soccer players, and you split into Stars and Stripes teams. And this is a legit play for time. 
Yep. In the contemporary era, we don't see those as much. Usually the losing team will also get to come to the cocktail party. The The lead will be presented as benevolent. And I know you guys lost, but I still want to talk to all of you. You're still going to come. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't that. No. This is a cutthroat, no holds barred, battle it out for time with him. And you guys won that game. Yeah. What is that like when they tell you the winner of this athletic endeavor is they're the only people who are going to get to go to the after party? Does it immediately just like set a fire and all of you like, we got to fucking win this? It was so tense, y'all. I'm not kidding you. That game, like blood was shed. I think Emily Ferguson like broke her thumb. Jesus Christ. I mean, we were we were literally... Like we laid it all out. We actually, the game went so long that we had to, the coaches had to leave. They were like, we have a flight. We got to go. And we were just still like, it was a bloodbath literally. Um, So that's when I'll say like that win, it could have been either team. Like we were absolutely just demolishing each other. Like we both wanted it so bad, both teams. I mean, Um, so yeah, that was no joke. We both, laid it all out for that it was crazy. are there ever moments like in the locker room when you guys are getting dressed and stuff where you're just talking to each other and be like what the fuck are these producers doing to us like what how is this helping us find love is anybody ever saying that i just think i mean we were just so tired we all like the next day our whole legs were just covered in bruises <laughs> and each other it just wasn't sexy Wait, didn't you say this was your favorite date? I mean, it was my favorite date because it was it was honestly incredible. Like, you know, you watch some like we all worked our asses off. That's one of those situations where I thought both teams should have gone because. I mean, people like Emily Ferguson was, I think, the goalie and she was like laying out, sprawling out, trying to block like. We yeah. just wanted it so bad, you know? But I mean, that's the producer's choice too. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to... I, I don't know what the, the real outcome is. I don't know how it really was. But mm-hmm. you guys did win the soccer game. Yeah. Then they did make the losing team go home. Mm-hmm. That could have been them angling to make you the villain again. So now it's pissing off more people. Now right. she's on the winning team here. She gets to go to this thing. It could have all been being built specifically for your villain edit. I feel like it it probably was, honestly. I mean, definitely the cocktail party was built for the villain edit, for sure. Absolutely. I got set up like crazy (laughs) on that date. Are you referring to uh, at the cocktail party when you are what we call the first responder, the first person to grab Ben? I'm actually not referring to that part, but like, of course I'm going to grab him. What what else am I going to do? You know, that's one of those like... It was my, yeah. it was maybe the first time was second time, whatever. Like he comes in like, Hey, can we go talk? That wasn't, but I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was the first date or the second group date, but then at one point asked me if I wanted to go talk. Mm-hmm. And I think it was this one. That was actually the after party of last week. I have marked BP here. Bachelor's preference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He did grab you and he brought, did he bring you to his house? Uh, He brought me to like a a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had no idea where we were going. All I remember is that on this date, after the soccer game, I think we ended up going up to a hotel room and it's like, Hey, do you want to go out on this balcony? And I'm like, sure. Great. And I look down and it's the women 
Of course. And I'm like, can we go back inside? Like, and then it's, hey. But, and that's all purposefully done. The producers told him to take you there. Oh, God. And then they have the other players look up and see you. That's called a peeping Tom. And then they look and see me and they're like, what a bitch. She brought him up there to put him in front of my face. And I was the one that was like, can we go back inside? I don't, I don't want to be out here. God, it's just, they put you in these situations that are unfucking winnable because it's in the game. Of course you're going to say yes and and go hang out with him wherever the fuck he takes you. We go in an elevator into a room. I don't know where this room is, where the view is, Mm -hmm. anything like that. I have no idea. And then I have to wave. What am I supposed to do? Ignore them? Like, but then it just shows me waving. You you spit down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a scenario they set up again and again to have people like watching other dates. Oh, Tasha is on a little parasail and they give them binoculars to watch and ramp up the tension. Oh, like, yeah. When we were in Vegas, um, We're in, yeah, we're in Vegas and we hear a helicopter. And of course it's like, where's this helicopter? And at the, at the top of a parking garage in direct view, we see Jojo and Ben waiting for a helicopter. Like it's, and we have to watch and like comment, you know, it's just like, uh. but yeah, I mean, those are situations that are frustrating because I knew that they were like, the women were docking me. And I was like, it's not your choice. I mean, there's something I think that's going to start happening in the modern game, which is when players get mad at other players, I think it's going to become entirely performative because I think at this point, almost all incoming players have to know that the producers are arranging all of this and it's never the fault of the other player. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, sorry to digress, but we, um... no, 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 please. But uh, speaking of that Vegas date, it, this occurred in week three, this group date that you were on again, where you guys had to go to the Mirage and participate in this talent show that was hosted by Terry Fator, who, for those who don't know, was the champion of season two of America's Got Talent. He's a ventriloquist. He could have helped us with talent. He was like, OK, hi, and then bye. Like, yeah. no help. <laughs> Collecting his paycheck or whatever, or whatever Mirage is making him do. Yeah, I was like, wait, are you not going to give us any tips? <laughs> well... <laughs> In this talent show, you wind up popping out of a cake in a showgirl costume. And after the performance, you become very upset about this. And my question is, whose idea is it to pop out of the cake? Was that you? Was that producer saying, like, we've got this cake here? That was me saying, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And a finger saying, come over here. And A producer. A finger. (laughs) And they just said, get in this cake? They're like, here's a cake. And, And like, there's a cute little outfit. Would you do a dance? And like, what frustrated me about the whole thing was like, I'm extremely awkward. I'm not sexy. I'm not going to get in a cute fit and like do a little dance. Like I will be funny. Mm. Like I'll, you know, I'll do a little shimmy shimmy. Like I was just trying to be myself and like it ended up yeah, it's like there's, as Kayla, I think said, like it's staring at a car crash. Like it was horrible. Um, hence why I lost my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know really what I, I blacked out again in that moment. I just was like, what am I doing? What am I doing this? What is happening? Like half, I was like, I need to stop, just cut the music. I will say the music wasn't like the clown music that they played. It was very like, um, Broadway, 
Yeah. How did you feel when you saw they put a different song yeah. on the airing of this dance? It was literally like a clown song. And I was like, guys, come on. That wasn't even the song. Like, yes, the whole thing was awful, but it, it wasn't like a clown show. Yeah. And theoretically, you're dancing to some sort of a beat and then they're playing a different song. It just. And then I, and then it looks like I'm offbeat. Oh. Like, yeah, it, the whole thing is a disaster. They use music cues a lot to present players. In that case, yeah. it was a fool edit, but they also do it for villains. They did it in this most recent season with uh, Shanae Ankney. Every time she walked on screen, she had her own soundtrack that sounded like a horror movie. It was one of the craziest examples that I've seen. Yeah, watch the show with no volume on and you'll think totally differently. If, if there was just no volume <laughs> or no songs in the background, what would you think? Uh, you got a really bad one when... Ben tells the group that uh, two of his family friends have passed away and then there is a cocktail party. And it seems like you take him and then jump into this talk about your cankles. And in that moment, they play a wreck. He's like, I hope someone is comforting. And they play a record scratch noise over you being like, and how do you feel about my cankles? And then they show him being like, I wish someone would ask me about how I'm doing. It was brutal. It was brutal to watch. Um, that scene was just disrespect, honestly. that's I watched that scene, and that's when I knew that I was F-U-C-K-E-D. I knew it from that point. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh, this is not good. And when did that air? That aired in week three or four of the watchback? I don't, because I don't remember. They cut your season up in weird ways. It didn't always end with rose ceremonies. Yeah, it was It was strange. That, w- that scene was before Vegas because it was in LA mm-hmm. and basically my intent with that conversation, I should have known that like, I can't create a 10 minute conversation where like I'm bringing things in from other things. Like I tried to relate stuff that happens like a week before to that point, And I should have known that there wouldn't be context. They wouldn't give me that. But all I know is that that's not what happened. And I know that no one's going to believe me, but like, I didn't get the rose last. I got it second. I, he could have been talking about me when he said, I wish someone, whatever. I don't think he was. I don't think he said my name. Exactly. I don't think he was either. Yeah. And by the way, I think everyone believes you. I don't think there's one person who thinks that you're making up what you're saying right now. It's, it's obvious that it was cut out of order and, and that, it didn't happen like that. Yeah. It's so frustrating because that was, a, that was a moment for me and Ben. And by that point, I'm feeling like really, cause the, you know, the women already are not liking me and I feel kind of left out and, and I, I can't even explain it, but it takes too long, but I do have body image issues and, and something that he said really meant a lot to me. And so I was trying to, I sat him down. I said, let's talk about your, your family friends. We talked for a while. And I said, there's something that I think might make you feel better. Something you said to me the other day, like really just meant the world to me. And I was explaining to him, like, you know, everyone has their moment to have like a story, quote unquote. I was just ultimately not given that moment. And in the end it was turned into like Olivia's a sociopath. Um, a joke. Yeah. And And that's hard, right? Because you can't defend yourself. Like anyone who knows me, I'm, I would never go to someone who's like family died and say, what about my cankles? Like that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It was hard to watch. It's just, it's insane. I mean, 
you know, I, I feel like in most seasons, they cast one or two players that they're looking to be like, that's going to be our villain. And maybe they'll do bombastic shit or in some cases, maybe even malicious shit. But in your mm-hmm. season, it was like, they didn't have one. They didn't have that player. So they just fucking made it in the edit. And it happened to be you. It's It was just yeah. one of the weirdest things that I think, certainly one of the worst things they've ever done to a player. I think bar none in any season. I think they think that too. And just don't <laughs> care. They're, they're like proud of it probably. Well, I think they, they made, they apologized with the greatest seasons ever thing. I think that was them saying, you know, <laughs> we messed up. Well, hopefully it, it eased all the suffering and pain they put you through. It did. I mean, it, it did. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I really don't think I gave them much until unfortunately that night in Mexico city where I said that dumb thing to Amanda, like up until that point, I was really giving nothing, <laughs> but Hey, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't, if there weren't uh, the death threats that come with villain edits, it wouldn't seem so bad, but it's like when they make it look like you just ignored this man's tragedy and never happened. And then they're at the same time, they're also making fun of this thing that they know that you're insecure about. It's, I don't know. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. Co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, 
Your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's just like it, it really, that was when the world came crashing down, you know, and then they've, they've got the mouth shit that they're running mm-hmm. constantly as if, if as if that makes me a villain that I open my mouth wide like if that's the best you got like come on you know it's just yeah it was frustrating the whole thing was frustrating and um yeah certain people are gonna think certain things about me for basically the rest of my life and I'm just like guys no like I got the rose second he was not mad that I talked about what I talked about if you watch the clip yeah. He, he gives me the rose and bends down again, even though they made it look like I got it last. It's not, it's not what happened. Just to even go through that, like I, whenever I hear stuff like this, I mean, and whenever we watch the show, I'm doing this in my own head, just kind of putting myself in the producer's shoes to be like, what, how would I have created this? What mm-hmm. I'm seeing on screen. And in that case, you're literally talking about an editor and a producer or two sitting in an editing room and being like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Cut it to look like he says something about this horrible tragedy and then she doesn't give a fuck and she's talking about this. Then we cut the rose ceremony to give her the rose last so it makes it look like he's thinking about if he wants to keep her or not based on what she said. I mean, they have to concoct that in their fucking minds and then everybody has to sign off on it all the way up to the showrunners and they're like, yep, let's do it. And they did it. It's insane. And they did it. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I've, I, I, like two years ago, I was like, I can't keep thinking about this shit anymore. Yeah. I just have to stop. But yeah, of course, like, it's just so silly now. I'm like, oh my God. So, such talent. Such talent. I truly view it as like pro wrestling. And, you know, to me, it's like, I don't, the winners and the losers and whatever are largely determined by a pre-scripted thing by the producers. Yeah. But, you know, every player who's come through the game, I have nothing but respect and admiration for, including you, obviously, because what you were put through, but also like your contributions to the game, to the history of it and stuff. Uh, to me, it's astounding as uh, I'm sure you're aware by the whatever Lizzie said, 400 episodes we have or something, which is not exactly true. <laughs> I 
I think it's like 200. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's my rant on that one. 10 per week. Yeah. Uh, What's crazy is there's still so much more, like still so much more to go. I know. Yeah. Well, we get, we get to week four. You're in Mexico City and you are one of the nine women who go on this group date where you take these Spanish lessons at a local school so that you can then order these food items to prepare this Mexican recipe. And you're divided into teams of two. Mm-hmm. You pair up with Ben. Yeah. Is this, uh, you were just like, this is part of my, like, I'm going to be the first one to talk to him. I'm going to pair up with him. Mm-mm. No. That was, hey, you can pick him, by the way. He's available. The producers did that too? No one else thought we could pick him. Like, we were like, we're going to pair off with each other, the girls. And then he'll flit around. But that whole date, he was not, he was not with me at all, though. Like, he was... Hmm elsewhere that was it was a really frustrating date actually because i was like do you even want to hang out with me or are you just like mm-hmm. yeah it was it was just a weird date the whole day was weird the whole the whole city experience like <laughs> mexico city just did not go well for me at all <laughs> i constantly wonder about that when players pair up with the leads on those group dates with odd yeah. number of players i'm always like the producers have to be like okay go get in the boat with them or whatever right yeah he's still damn yeah. but then in the end, you get that group date, Rose. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened because that was a terrible... terrible. That's got to be the producers, right? That was not That was not him. That was... I know for a fact that was not Ben. Mexico City was not Ben. Interesting. Because our talk that night at the cocktail party was like, not good. Like, it, I just didn't feel good. Oh, God. So what are they telling him then at that point? They're like, you have to give her the group date, Rose, because we're building to a rivalry with E Fergie and that's going to happen on the two on one. And then you can send her them next week. I mean, they, they have all this shit planned. Yeah. Because that also was the big week. Remember where Emily had the knife and was like, I'm going to kill her. Like that was yeah. all stuff that they needed to gather, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. It was a shit conversation. Like I, I think they were like kiss. And I was like, what? Ugh. yeah, it was just not mm-hmm. good. God, did you experience the thing? We've heard other players talk about this in podcasts where they're literally holding up like signs that say kiss now and stuff. Did you experience any of that? It wasn't a sign, but it's just like, hey, can you stop talking about football or something? And I was like, all right, well. The producers come in and say that in the middle of your conversation? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? So you're talking about what are you talking about? It was so bland. It was honestly that it was so bland. It was just I think that was holy shit. I started <laughs> self-sabotaging for sure in Vegas, but like I think I I was just I think I knew it wasn't me anymore. And I was just like, oh God. This, you're like, he's no Lomax. He's not mine anymore. <laughs> like I knew he was Lawrence, <laughs> and I was just like, damn, like I just was checked out. I looked back at our notes to be like, wait, she did get the group date rose. And we wrote here, Olivia Creedy gets the group date rose for her expert face play. <laughs> so that's what we attributed it to. <laughs> face players really, they can go a long way. Uh, they make significant contributions. I had no clue. This leads into the next week where you get eliminated on the two-on-one with Emily Ferguson. And she, by the way, that season had to go on two two on ones. The other one was against her fucking sister in their living room, basically. Oh, her sister. Yeah. The next week. What is it like to to get that 
date card come in. You're on a two on one. I knew I knew it was me. So I wasn't surprised. I was very mm-hmm. by that point, I was because I remember, right, like we're in the Bahamas. They're um, bringing in the lat or the next one on one. And at this point, it was the people that hadn't had one was me, Emily and Leah Block. And they give Kayla another one on one. And I think the cameras were all on me thinking I was going to lose my shit. Mm. And it was actually Leah that lost her shit. And I just was sitting there like. Give them nothing. I love it. <laughs> I gave them nothing. Um, so that, yeah, there was. A, and then when they came and said Emily and Olivia, I was like, oh, shocker. <laughs> so I knew it was coming. Was there any part of you that was like. I'm getting kicked off. I might as well just like save face and get the fuck out of here. Did you want to leave and not endure the two on one? No, because I thought I was going to get through it. I really mm-hmm. did because it what it didn't have anything to do with like my relationship with Ben and Emily's relationship with Ben. It just had to do with like the amount of time that I had had versus her. Right. Like, you know, I did have those a couple moments where we snuck away for like 45 minutes. So I'm like, I think I'm going to get through this. I don't know how much farther I'm going to get from here, but I think I'm going to get through it. And that's why I wasn't like completely panicked because I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I didn't think I was going home. I really didn't. Mm. So obviously they knew. I was. <laughs> Do you watch Survivor? I, I kind of do a little bit like here and there. I'm I'm watching a lot of Survivor right now. And it just kind of reminds me of like, I know I'm on the bottom, but I don't think I'm like at the bottom. <laughs> bottom, bottom. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I, I kept, you know, it, you know, we talk in the house and it was very much like he has connections with X, Y person. And like, I was one of those people, you know? So I thought, okay, like I'm going to, but yeah, I had no, I, I clearly they knew I was going home because the whole island abandonment thing couldn't have been for Emily, right. you know? So, but obviously I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. That was an extremely cinematic shot where. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. How do they tell you that they're going to do that? Like, are they like, Hey, so we're not leaving you, but we just want to make it look like we're leaving you. But someone, there will be a boat. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole, the whole day was frustrating because, you know, you you get ready by 7am and you're waiting around till noon. We take a car and, you know, we're filming the thing where Emily and I are both looking in opposite windows and not talking and all that stuff. Although we didn't, we didn't really talk anyway, but, um, basically we get to this like airplane i guess we were going to airplane over to this island but then like the airplane didn't work so they boated us it was like it took hours just to get to the island but so by the time we got there it was like i had a 10 minute conversation with him she had a 10 minute conversation and then that was it like there was no activities no nothing hmm. um so he says olivia can we talk and he picks up the rose and i'm mm-hmm. smiling cuz i'm like oh yay Um, and then he walks me over and, you know, dumps me and I'm sitting here like, oof, that was a mean move there. Like that was not nice. The picking up of the The rose. Picking up of the rose was definitely not his idea. (laughs) Not his idea at all. And I think he actually apologized for doing that because he got a little Mm. flack for that. But yeah. And then I'm standing there, you know, watching them leave in this yacht and 
I'm, I'm just kind of like, what, what is going on? Like, am I just going to be here for a while? I'm, it was like a monsoon that day. The weather was terrible. I was freezing cold. And I'm just saying like, can we go? Can we go? But they're like, we got to film your exit interview and all this stuff. So I knew I was going to have to watch them go off into the distance. And that was it. Um, but the whole thing was just so neat. What if at that point you say no, though? It's like he's dismissed you. You could just tell the producers like, no, I'm not going to fucking stand here. Get me out of here. I just, I wish I knew I was so naive. Like, I really wish I knew that I could have fought back a little Mm. bit or I could have said no. Like I would, I would have done if I were now I'm 30 and going on, I would have played the game totally differently. But I was like a kid. I was 23. I was like, okay, haha, you know, ah. I was so naive. I'm like, how do you make sure that they can't use that shot? I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm like, maybe I would just disrobe completely. <laughs> they have to black box your whole body. <laughs> the I'm like, well, this isn't really giving us the sad vibe we were hoping for. But you know what's really funny? It's like, yes, that was um, that was so cruel, but it actually kind of worked in my favor a little bit. Like a lot of people were like, hmm. That was really cruel. Totally. And so at the end of the day, like it felt terrible in the moment, but it did upon airing. And, you know, Courtney said this in her interview, like producers used to call me before episodes and be like, here's what you're going to expect. And I remember I didn't watch, but my sister watched and she was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, what show are they watching? Cause it's just getting worse and worse. And they're saying it's going to get better this week. So they would lie to you openly lie to you every week. Yeah. Courtney said the same, like, it's, I'm just like, what are you watching? Right. Like, why, why won't you just be, mm. so then I said, just stop calling me. Like you're wasting my time. This is so dumb. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So yeah, I, I agree with Courtney on that. That happened to me as well. Did Ben Higgins ever call you during the watchback? I'm always curious about this, especially in the contemporary game. Like they really try to pin all the bad stuff that happens in a season, at least this most recent one. I don't know if you watched it season 26, but Clayton Eckerd was like hung out yeah. to dry. Yeah. Everything was his fault, yes. blah, blah, blah. So I'm curious if Ben Higgins ever reached out to you during the watchback to say like, hey, sorry, this is going this way or anything. Nothing. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your last episode is then The Women Tell All. Mm-hmm. There's a very bizarre moment when a fan reveals that they have a tattoo of Lace's face. I'm just curious about what your response to that was. <laughs> I mean, like, that was, I, I thought they do so many things on those Women Tell Alls that are clearly like, okay, bro, put this tattoo on your yeah. body. And it always falls flat to me. Like, it was so dumb. It, it was a fake tattoo, right? Of course. I mean, I what? Come on. Oh my god, I'm so gullible. I don't know. Maybe it was real. All I know is like, either if it was fake or real, it didn't add anything. It was really just kind of like, yeah. okay, like this is creepy. There's always some gimmick, right? Where someone's wearing a t-shirt yeah. or holding up a sign. Someone had John Paul Jones wanted his hair. Yeah, and it just like never, it never goes anywhere. Even. What episode, what season recently where like a girl came down and was like, I want to go out with you or something. That was Katie Thurston's season. Yeah. And the guy on stage oh, was Connor Brennan. Yeah. He was in his hot seat right. and she came in. She was an actress. It's just those. I don't like those gimmicks. It's just stupid. And now yeah. to me, it always falls flat. But I don't know. Maybe other people enjoy them. That's the pro wrestling of it, you know, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. It's not my thing. See, I'm <laughs> like, that's the one thing I remember from the <laughs> 
the lace tattoo. Hey, it worked. I guess it works then, huh? It worked yeah. on me. Yeah. I, I am astounded how gullible I continued to be watching the show. I'm like, wait, I thought that was a real thing. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. I don't know. I'm, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to lead you astray there. We got to track that guy down. You apologize to Amanda Stanton for the, the teen mom comment at this time. And somehow it's addressed with Ben that you didn't get a one-on-one date. And he says that he, it's because he couldn't see a long-term future, which I'm just, I'm surprised by because it is very rare. We don't see someone who gets the first impression rose, not get a one-on-one date. I mean, ultimately I think like I've said this many times, like it was Lauren. And then once it was mm-hmm. Lauren, like I became just, I think like the prop. Mm-hmm. And so why would he take me out on a one-on-one? Like I was the prop. Yeah. And we've, yeah. we've also heard Ben describe his experience and how he was never allowed to be alone and someone would go to the bathroom with him and stuff. So it's like, he's going through his own journey during this as well. Of course. Like I, I understand that like the lead has to do certain things. Like I get that. So I don't blame him, but I, you know, there's certain moments where I'm like, okay, this, this isn't my doing yeah. like anyone gonna, are they just going to let me sink? It's not entirely the lead's fault, but the lead does have absolute power in the show. Whatever the producers are trying to like put together, the lead can always derail any of that. Like if they're, you know, they're like, we're going to go right. play the soccer game. The lead can be like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to go get pizza with everybody or something, you know, they can do it. Yeah. They're obligated to like, or maybe they feel obligated to put on the show and do whatever the producers say in one way or another, but they don't have to. And if somebody's really getting railroaded hardcore, like I do think the lead has the ability and probably should step in and be like, what the fuck's going on here? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just like, it's, it just got really ugly by the mm-hmm. end. And, um, the women's hell all was, was so hard for me. I mean, I was in that seat for so long and I swear there was someone behind me waving saying, okay, it's your time to like go mm-hmm. in because like, you know, the, the twin, they just were like hyenas, like mm-hmm. going in on me. And I, I do think again, that, that that wasn't actually an episode that ended up going in my, my favor a little bit. Cause like, I just took it. I just was like, okay, come on, just, just let me have it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I still never got apologies from a lot of people that I thought did owe me an apology. You know, I didn't do everything perfectly, absolutely 100%. But there were people on that show making fun of me incessantly, nonstop, who didn't apologize. Oh, it's horrible. One of them said, like, that your mouth probably smells bad. I was like, what is this? So mean. Yeah, like, it just was, it was, it was, like, really cruel. It was so mean and it like it's stuff that still sits with me now. And, and like to think that no one thought that I mm-hmm. was owed an apology too was just really frustrating, like all around. And, you know, I had seen, you know, I, I've seen people from this, the shows. I've seen the lead, like when Caitlin was getting a bunch of flack when the season was airing and Ben was like, guys, mm-hmm. be okay on her, like whatever, like mm. basically telling people light on her. And then that never happened for me. I just was like, geez, Louise, y'all like, you know, so it's also like a a little bit of a misunderstanding. I think by the other players, the role of the villain actually is to help the other players. They don't get the Instagram followings they have without you. 
And so you were actually instrumental in some of their abilities to become influencers and whatever. Did any of them, did anyone apologize to you? No. No one? Wow. Uh, Jesus. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, we apologize. (laughs) It's fine. And I, you know, I didn't, not a lot of people did things to me. Like it was really just the, it was really just Emily. Um, She was, you know, and, and I did go on Ben and Ashley's podcast and they played a little clip with the twins. And this was two summers ago now. So five years after, four years after, and they're like, oh yeah, we're sorry. Like we just wanted our 15 minutes and like, whatever, that's what we did. But that's not an apology. That's not like directed at me at all. And I, like, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, that's really the only, like I, I had friends on the show. I really did. Um, didn't work for that to show and that's mm-hmm. fine. I, I didn't have a lot of beef with anyone. Um, it was, it was really just the, the twins and, um, yeah. So hmm. did, did you at all work personally with Elon Gale? Was he your producer? Um, no, he did come into the room after, after the Vegas performance, when I like lost my shit, I was like, I want to go mm-hmm. home. I'm out of here. I'm done. And they sent in like the big wig. Yeah. He came in and convinced mm. you. What did he say to get you to stay? I wish I, I wish I remembered. All I know is like, it wasn't working with my current girl and they needed, cause they, you know, they couldn't lose me. I wish I remembered what was said. Um, but yeah, all I know is he came in and weaved like, his dark magic. Even another, like the executive something or other came in and damn Elon Gale. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. I mean, I didn't really work with him that much. I really didn't. Um, just that one. Time. But that's the most instrumental time. If he's the guy who can get anyone to stay or pr- probably get anybody to do anything, I think that was like his magic power on the show. Oh, it's so sinister. Jesus. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was basically like, all right, mm-hmm. all big, all hands on deck here. Let's make sure she doesn't go anywhere. Um, you said on your podcast that you have suffered from mental illness. And when the show was airing, you got all of these horrible messages. Yeah. What like helped you through this? I mean, it was just like therapy, 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 antidepressants, um, removing myself from social media. I've said this many times, but like my sister changed my password on all of my social media and I just did not look at it. It wasn't healthy. Um, and I, I really Hmm. just like kind of fell off the grid for a while. I needed to like remove myself from all of that and just lean on family. But like, it was dire times. It was touch and go. Like, damn, it was really bad. It was so bad. The worst place I've ever been in my entire life by far, like far none. So, yeah. And is that during that time, are they reaching out to you to go on paradise and stuff? Um, they did a few times, but I think they, it was very clear. Like it's not going to happen. I like, there was no way I, at that point I was like, don't ever talk to me again. I'm done with you people leave me alone forever kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And they did do that. They left me alone. They never checked in or anything, which is what I asked for. So yeah, they tried a few times, but it it was an absolute no, just, I would never touch that. 
So they did respect that wish. (laughs) How do you feel about how the, you know, around that time, there's some peripheral media around the show. Reality Steve has been in the game for a long time, but now there's all of these podcasts and there's even official Bachelor podcasts. How do you feel about how that Mm -hmm. world, and you have been a part of it with Talking It Out, has affected the show? To me, like, the, I don't really, I know that there's this whole conversation around like podcasts right now and the official podcast. Like, I don't really think about that stuff. Like, I'm not an avid listener. I had my own thing going and I didn't really care about what other people were doing. Ultimately, what made it really hard to continue with my podcast was that like, I was the quote unquote blacklist that like, if I asked for blah, blah, to come on my show, I knew it was going to be a no. Mm. And like, how am I supposed to continue sustaining my show if I I can't talk to anyone? You know what I mean? So like, that was what made it hard for me. I just think that like the show has, it's just so confused right now. I really do. I don't know what they're doing anymore with all these podcasts and all this like weird drama and stuff. (laughs) It's just, do you still watch? I do, but like in the background kind of thing. Like I'm not an avid watcher Mm -hmm. anymore. I kind of like hate watch it, if you will. (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people yeah. with you. Yeah, I just kind of hate watch it. If it's on, cool, it's entertaining. But I'm certainly like not growing up where we love to watch it. Now I'm just like, ugh, it's like tainted now, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will be forever. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think what you're saying about them being kind of directionless is accurate. Yeah. I don't know who the showrunner of the show is now, but it seems like it's a little bit of a free for all. There is no guiding vision for what the show should yeah. be. I do think adding Jesse Palmer as like a mainstay host was a good move. I agree. I thought Jesse did a great job. I really did. 
I did yeah. too. And in the end of the season, he really took a turn to the darkness. I, I thought he really became like a Chris Harrison figure. He became Chris yeah. Harrison. He did. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I do love reality TV. Um, I love, like, I think I tweeted this. I loved Joe Millionaire because you got to see humor. You got to see like friendships with the women. You got to see the leads kind of giggle with each other. The host was funny and endearing. And, you know, it, it, they actually got to spend time with the lead. Like, I just find the show mm -hmm. that the sauce is not there anymore. And I, there's obviously still an audience for it, but I think there's better TV on now. So it's not like a, yeah, I just watch better TV now. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say you, you say that you were blacklisted, but like I was, you know, watching some clips, saw you interviewing Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey, which was iconic. <laughs> I got to talk to every like reality star except for bachelor people. If a bachelor person, I can't talk to them at all, but Bravo and I were tight. They let me talk to everybody because Bravo actually wants the talent to do interviews like shocker. Hello. That's the point of the show. Well, I mean, that's really what I think the, the problem that the show has currently, and this extends into their podcast is that they, they have this thing, I think, where they need an iron grip on the control of everything that happens in this world, in the Bachelor world, I mean. So it goes mm -hmm. from having that idea in the show where it's like, we're going to cut this to be whatever and set up these scenarios and we have to control exactly what happens. And then it extends into the podcast world where it's like, okay, exactly. people who get kicked off the show can only go on happy hour or clickbait the next day. And we're going to give them the questions to ask. And this is how you have to ask them and don't say anything about this or yeah. anything about this. And you can't go anywhere and say the truth. And everybody's afraid they're going to get sued because of the NDA. And it just is like, yeah. it doesn't even matter anymore. Like I, I think people who watch the show with any kind of a critical eye, know the truth that it's all produced by the producers and whether you're letting people talk about it or not is almost immaterial. Yeah. And I, well, I think the other problem too, is that I, I do, yeah. I have friends and I have heard things where like, I feel like a lot more people now are like speaking out and like complaining. Yes. And I do think it's a situation kind of, you know, like where you, where if you have so many rules, for your teenager, your teenager is going to want to act out. Like if you keep stifling people and you keep controlling and you, you like, if I had done interviews back, at, back then, I wouldn't sure. have even trashed. I would have just kind of like told the stories. I might even have, have like, I don't know, been nicer on them. But like when you stifle conversation and you control the narrative, it just makes people want to like act out and that's when you get these situations where there's like lawsuits and stuff like Bravo people, their, their press people come to me and say, Hey, do you want to interview this person? And like, we're going to let them talk. I mean, granted they're listening and they might stop you and say like, Oh, don't go there, but they want their people to be talent, you know, like, of course. And the only thing that the show allows is for them to go on happy hour clickbait and say the exact shit that they were told to say. And like, I guess that works. I guess they're making money off it or whatever. But but like you're saying, I think there is a growing number of uh, former players like yourself who did not have a good experience in the show that are now willing to talk all about that. 
And that the number of players like that is only going to increase over time. I, I agree 100%. I think every year you keep pissing people off. You keep really pushing. Like, I could I really believe I could have even given good TV if I didn't feel halfway through like, this, this isn't even, what is this shit? You know, like. Right. It just started pissing me off. Yeah, you were, you were trained on camera talent. I found it very heartbreaking when you divulged that you were not allowed to do a Good Morning America interview after your your parents had gotten married on ABC. I was literally born. I was born on GMA. I was like a baby on GMA, like getting my diaper changed. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. You keep... I know it's all the whole like biting the hand that feeds you kind of thing in terms of production, but I also think it goes both ways. Like you don't have a show without these people that you keep kind of pissing off. We're right now, I think, not just for The Bachelor, but reality television as a whole. There is no union for reality television, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call them, actors, participants, contestants, whatever you want to call them. There's no union for them. And every reality show is a different contract, but it's all basically like The Bachelor one, which is we can use your footage in any way we want, including recutting it, recutting the audio, make you do anything, say anything, Mm -hmm. and you have no recourse whatsoever. That is how it is now. I think that will have to change in the very near future as I'm saying, there's a growing number of people who get fucked Mm -hmm. over by these shows. And there's only so many people, there's only so many grocery store Joes and Becca Kufrins who can hold back the, the water that is crashing against the dam. I think it's about to break. Yeah. I mean, there's been times in my life where I'm jealous, like, why am I not the favorite or like what, but who gives a shit really? I mean, I also think that's a hard life. You have to be able to reconcile doing a lot of things you don't want to be doing and it's kind of, I, I think, this is just my own conjecture, yeah. I think it's a little bit of like unfulfilling kind of soulless work. You're cashing a paycheck, but you're not doing anything that you give a fuck about. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm, I didn't need to be a favorite. I'm okay with it. All good. Yes. You are um, a favorite here. A legend. That is for sure. That's so sweet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks, y'all. That's really nice. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I see all the arguments and, you know, my Facebook group, they're all writing with clips <laughs> of this podcast and what this person is saying. And I'm just like, <laughs> we, we cannot yeah. thank you enough for, for joining us and talking about all this stuff. with us. Yeah. I, we just have one more question for you. Yeah. Wait, two more. Okay. First, well, I guess it's not a question. It's more of a comment, but congratulations on your academic excellence award from NYU. <laughs> That is amazing. (laughs) And for graduating. Thank you. you. That's so nice. I, uh, yeah, I've worked my tush off the last two years and, uh, was a bit of a teacher's pet. Like, hi, hi. It was like back at school and I was so excited. So, um, I worked really hard and, uh, was a stickler about the (laughs) grades, which is stupid. (laughs) Well, didn't you got a job, right? That's awesome. I did get a job. Yeah, I got a job. Oh. So I'm I'm working in digital marketing um, for a company called Cow uh, Corporation, and um, I've been interning for them for the last year. So they brought me on full time, and I'm just feeling really lucky. And um, that's amazing. Yeah, I, going back to school late in life was something I was really nervous about. I was like, "Am I going to be the oldest person in my classes?" But it was just so rewarding, and. Um, I do think after the show for years, I was kind of just like floundering, floundering around, Mm -hmm. like, what do I do? What's my purpose in life? And 
I don't regret that. Um, but I am happy that finally, like, I feel like I'm on a path again, like I was before the show, like I'm focused, I have goals and, um, I'm happy. So yeah, it took me like six years to get here, but this is kind of like my little middle finger to the show, if you will, like to all of it. Great. I'm just like, I'm better again. So it's very exciting. Yeah. It means a lot to me. Well, Speaking of middle fingers to the show, my question is just, are you going to watch the next season of Bachelorette with Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Recchia as the dual Bachelorettes? I, I mean, I I will. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll do what I do where if it's on and I'm there, I'll watch. I like them both. I think they're they're both... I, I watched in and out of Clayton's yeah. season and I, I really liked them. And as I said, I really like Joe Millionaire. So I am curious whether they were a little bit intimidated by the fact that everyone was tweeting about how good Joe Millionaire was. Um, so they're like, we got to do this, but yeah, I'm curious whether it's going to be a similar concept. I'm sure they'll do what they do where they'll try to pin, you know, each other, which Joe millionaire did not do. So we'll see. I can't imagine they're not going to pit them against each other at some point. Like it has to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like, that's normal. I've, I've only watched one season of Joe millionaire, but I did find it interesting that no one was ever like, I like the same guy or something like that. It was very like... You didn't watch the original Joe Millionaire with Evan Marriott. I didn't. No. I want to go back yeah. and watch it. I, I just watched the reboot. So um, no. I don't know if in the past there's been like competition, but at least this season, yeah. it seemed so wholesome. It's a long time rivalry. Well, between Bachelor and Joe Millionaire, rather. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I did see a lot of tweets like, Bachelor needs to take notes. Joe Millionaire is really cool. And then all of a sudden there's two Bachelorettes. I'm like, oh, interesting. But I am going to watch it because I like them both. I think they're both great. And, you know, I am a fan of love still. (laughs) Well, that's good. They couldn't take that from you, at least. No, they couldn't. I mean, I can't can't find it for the life of me, but I like to watch other people fall in love. That's fun. Would you go on another, like, not Bachelor, but you know, Love Island or Love is Blind. Oh yeah. I would love to go on. Like I would love to go on Love is Blind. Oh my God. I would love to. That's like yeah, my shit right there. Like emotional depth conversation. Well, if any producers for Love is Blind yes. are listening, Olivia Creedy's ready to go into the pods. I would, I would absolutely, I would throw myself at Love is Blind. I would think it's, so cool so yeah i think you would be great i feel robbed that we didn't get a redemption arc on paradise so redemption on love is blind is even better yeah i just i i I can't i can't go back to the environment that hurt me the first time but i would love to try a different environment and hope that it would work we'll see seems evil to go back to the people that hurt me so i just couldn't couldn't do that ever so Fair enough. Uh, well, thank you so much, Olivia, for joining us and, and answering all of our questions and to walking back through your season and everything. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. It's been great. I love... I'm sorry. I couldn't remember a lot of the timelines, but um, it's been fun. I always... It's, love- very, it's a long time ago. <laughs> we rewatched it last summer and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It's hard because I didn't actually watch a lot of it. So like, yeah. I'm like, oh, really? That happened or this happened? <laughs> But yeah, so thank you. This has been really great. I'm excited that I finally got to join. (laughs) Yeah, as are we. Come back anytime. If you ever need me again, give me a shout. I will, I would love to come on and chat. Yeah, we definitely will. Yay, cool. Well, thanks, y'all. Thank you so much to Olivia Caridi for joining us. You can find her 
on social media at Olivia Caridi on Instagram, TikTok, Olivia underscore Caridi. I mean, an iconic interview, one of our favorites. Yeah, I mean, she really is just a super important figure in the history of the game. When you talk about villains, you always have to keep in mind that much of what makes them a villain is how they are cut, how the producers position them in the show, and then how they present them after they have shot the show. And Olivia Caridi, in my opinion, got one of the most undeserved, hardest to manufacture villain edits. They really created her Mm -hmm. villainy out of nothing, out of thin air. She wasn't even doing crazy IFIs and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like a Tierra Lacazzi on season 19 where she's doing an IFI every 10 seconds and throwing out things about her sparkle and her eyebrow. Olivia Creedy was really just like playing the game, trying to talk to Ben. And they put her in all these situations that that, uh, they used to make her into a villain. So she is a cautionary tale, certainly for future players, but... You know, just a stellar player in her own right who got kind of railroaded by the producers through the entire experience. So we can't thank her enough for joining us today. And we can't thank you enough for joining us today to hear this interview. We will be continuing Gore Girl Summer as the weeks progress. So we hope you come back from that. And we will also have a Twibbon out this Friday. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,358 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 